Folks, we are doing a series through 1 Samuel. We've entitled the series, Weathering Life with a Sovereign God. Now, the reason why we're doing this series is sometimes we have this concept of Old Testament characters that we know about, that they were so up here and there's no way that we could ever be where they're at. Well, if you go to 1 Samuel, you realize that they're just like you and I. And the amazing thing is that how God, even with all of their faults, and I'm talking, some of these folks have some serious faults, God still uses them and interacts with them. And that's especially what we're going to see today, is that God wants to interact with you. Now the problem is, problem is, folks, for you and I, we live in dysfunction. I'm not dysfunctional, George. What are you talking about? No, no, we all live in dysfunction. We live in a spiritual dysfunction because our lives are not what they should be spiritually. Well, I've known Jesus for a long time, George. What are you talking about? No, no, I'm telling you, whether you like it or not, we are living in a dysfunction. Now, what do you mean? So I'm going to give you two things to talk about, think about with regards to the dysfunction that we live in. Here's the first one. It's very possible to be spiritually empty. It's very possible to be spiritually empty. Now, what do you mean by that, George? Well, you know what? I I find it amazing, and this is even true for me as a pastor, that you can get so involved in church and, and, you know, be there every time the door opens and and you give and, and you serve and you listen, and you read, but yet there's something missing on the inside. It's not fulfilling. And you wonder, well, maybe I'm not doing enough. Maybe I'm, I'm not praying enough. Maybe I'm not giving enough. Maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm harboring some things. Maybe there's something going on here. Maybe there's something wrong. No, we're dysfunctional. It's very possible to be doing all the right things and be spiritually empty. Just being honest with you. I've been there. You've been there. To be spiritually empty. Here's the second thing I want you to see about this. Okay? Second thing. This emptiness grows out of a dysfunctional relationship. This emptiness, this spiritual emptiness, grows out of a dysfunctional relationship. What do you mean? My relationship with my wife or my relationship with my kids? No, although that can affect this other relationship. It grows out of your dysfunctional relationship with God, with the Lord, with Jesus. See, the spiritual emptiness that we're sensing is because there's something wrong with our relationship with the Lord. Well, you say, well, wait a minute, George, I, I go to church. I, 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 I do give. I, I do pray. And, and I try to do the right thing. And I try to follow the Lord. And, and, and I'm doing all this service for him. What do you mean there's a problem with my relationship? I'm not, I'm not backslidden. I'm not going off doing my own thing. I'm not thumbing my nose at God. What do you mean? I'm not talking about that. You could be doing all, remember, I just said to you, you could be doing all the right stuff, 
and still be spiritually empty. The problem is, is that there's a problem in your relationship with the living God. Because when you have the relationship with the living God, there's fulfillment. I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. So, okay, so maybe you're going through something right now. Maybe there's something traumatic happening in your life, or maybe you're facing a crisis. Maybe you're facing a situation you don't know how to handle. Paul tells you in Philippians chapter 4, be anxious for nothing but in all things through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. So you say, okay, I'm going to pray about it. God, I give you my problem. And guess what happens? Verse 7, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will what? Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And guess what? In that moment, you sense, blows your mind because there's no answer as far as what you need to do, but you sense God's right there with you and you sense what? Peace. You can't tell me that that's not fulfilling at that moment. Knowing that God has heard you. And he's there with you. What a contrast to the emptiness we normally feel, right? See, the emptiness grows out of a dysfunctional relationship with God. Well, how did I get a dysfunctional relationship with God, George? I'm saved. Yet, well, think about how we have a relationship with God. We only talk to him when we need something. And the conversation usually is just one-sided. You know, I've been married to Lori now. It'll be 26 years here in June. I want to be honest with you. She'll, she'll tell you, I'll tell you, the relationship doesn't go very far if we're just talking at each other rather than talking with each other. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about. How's your relationship doing when you're just talking at somebody? got to come through interaction, right? It's the same thing in our relationship with the Lord. And one of the things that you need to grasp and understand is, is that God wants to speak to you. Okay, wait a minute, George. Hold on, hold on. Hold on, George, because, all right, now, now you're getting a little weird. God wants to speak to me. Why? Because I've seen that guy on TV talking about that and, and all this crazy weird stuff. I'm not talking about that. In fact, that, my friends, is deceiving. It's almost child's play. And I would tell you that God doesn't act that way. It's like what you're seeing on TV. It's actually something so much more. And that's what we're going to be looking at today in our passage. We're going to look at chapter 3 where a young boy by the name of Samuel, remember his mom, Hannah, gave him to the Lord as a response to God answering her prayer for a child. And, and she, he's serving in the, in the tabernacle there with the high priest Eli. And God comes to him. And there's some powerful lessons that we can see here that will maybe help us to understand. We need to learn to listen. Learn to listen. In fact, let me reflect on that a moment. That, that statement, learn to listen, has a special meaning to me. I remember, oh my, this would have been 1987, 32 years ago. I, I was a young college kid, decided that the Lord had called me into ministry, and my pastor took me to 
Liberty University, and uh, we drove up from South Carolina, and, and I, I went there to the campus to see the campus, and we stayed at the house of a man who was in charge of the, um, I, I forget the name of it now, it's been so long now, but they're the guys who do all the groundskeeping and stuff, and he was a former Nazarene pastor. Mr. Gleason was his name, and um, and for years after I initially met Mr. Gleason, I would go over there. This is a wonderful thing for a college student. He'd have me over every Tuesday night, and his wife would make a wonderful roast beef dinner. Isn't that a great thing for a college kid? Roast beef dinner. Now their tea was terrible. I wouldn't tell them that, but uh, you know, but uh, it was a wonderful mashed potato, roast beef, just the kind of thing a young man wants to eat every week. And then he would sit there and talk to me, and one of the things that he would talk to me about is my relationship with the Lord, and here's what he would always say. He'd say, George, learn to listen. And then he would say, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And that's what we're going to talk about today, folks. We're going to talk about learning to listen. Why do I need to, why do, I need to do that, George? Because, listen, I'm going to tell you something. If you're honest with yourself, there are times when you sense something calling to you, saying, spend time with me. Where God is saying to you, not in an audible voice, spend time with me, but something, a still small voice in your heart says, spend time with me, talk to me, I want to talk to you. And it's the Lord. And he's talking to you. But you've got to learn to listen. So that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to look at it today from this passage. So I want you to notice with me chapter 3. Let's look, let's look at this together. First of all, verses 1 to 9. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass that at the time, while Lee, Eli was lying down in his place, that when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of the Lord went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am! And so he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call, lie down again. And he went and lay down. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he answered, I did not call, my son, lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, for nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. You should think about that in your mind. And the Lord called Samuel again a third time. And so he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then, that's an interesting word, then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears so Samuel went and lay down in his place. We're going to read the rest here in a minute. But I want to focus on a couple things. I'm going to talk about a vacuum. And this vacuum, you understand what a vacuum is, that's the absence of something, the absence of air, okay? 
the absence of something. I want to talk about a spiritual vacuum. And I'm going to talk about the spiritual vacuum that exists in our lives and in our churches. We see it from here from these first nine verses. So I'm going to point some things out to you. First of all, first of all, there was an absence of the Lord's direction in this time. An absence of the Lord's direction. If you look with me at verse 1, I think it's interesting. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. There's an absence of God's word in their lives at this point. There's no revelation of God and what he wants. And so when you have no revelation of what God wants and what he says, you're not going to hear from him. And that creates a spiritual vacuum in your life. You know, I I find it interesting, you know, as I minister to people and as I talk to people, I often hear people say to me, well, you know, I don't need to read the Bible. You know, I I, I just don't need to read it. I can just go on. I'm saved. I'm okay. I don't need to read it. And and what they don't understand is, is they don't understand what they're really saying. That's kind of like walking around saying, I don't need to drink water. I don't need any kind of liquid. I'll be fine without water. Or better yet, I would even say even better, I don't need air. Just take the air away and I'll be okay. Right? You know you aren't going to survive without air, right? Folks, you can't survive in your Christian life without what? God's word. So there was an absence of, absence of the Lord's direction. In fact, folks, I would say that statement is so true today in our churches and in our Christian life. We have people that are just running around from one thing to another trying to figure out what God wants but we're ignoring the one thing where he tells us what he wants, and that's his what? Word. So, okay, ask yourself a question. You got that spiritual emptiness going on in your life? I don't need you to respond. I want you to hear me. You got that spiritual emptiness going on in your life? You're not sensing the Lord's will in your life? You're not sensing any direction from him? My first question to you would be, how much time are you spending with him? I spend all kinds of time. I talk to him over. No, no. How much time are you spending with him and letting him talk to you? Well, how does he talk to you? Through his word? Are you reading it? Are you reading it? Are you considering what it says? That's a spiritual vacuum. Here's the second thing. There was no understanding to distinguish God's voice. Look with me, verses 4 to 6. So the Lord called Samuel and he answered, Here am I. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. And then the Lord called again. Samuel, so Samuel arose and he went to Eli and said, Here am I. For you called me, and he answered, I did not call for my son, lie down again. Now verse 7 says it all there. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. He didn't know how to distinguish the word of God in his life. He didn't understand how to distinguish the voice of God. You've got all kinds of voices in your life. What kind of voices? Well, Ephesians chapter 2 talks about that what? You were once led by what? Three things, your flesh what your body wanted to do, the world, what the culture tells you to do, and then three, Satan. 
the temptations that are thrown at you, the accusations that you believe, the lies. And so you've got all that competing around you, and yet you also have God who's speaking to you. And folks, I'm going to tell you right now, if you know Jesus, he is speaking to you. But you don't know how to distinguish his voice. And that's where Samuel's at here. That's where a lot of folks are at today. We don't really know how to distinguish his voice about what he wants for us to do. Here's the third thing I want you to see. Religious activity does not equal a personal relationship with God. We see this in verse 7. You know what? Here is Samuel from the moment that he was weaned. Okay, so he would have been weaned around three years old in that culture. From the moment he was three, he was presented to the priests there, presented to Eli as a gift to the Lord from his mother Hannah. So up to this point, he's been serving in the temple. So he's around, understand, he's not just at church on Sunday. He's around religious activity 24-7. He's around what's going on in the religious heart and life of the Israelite nation 24-7, he's involved in it. He's serving. But verse 7 says he doesn't know the Lord. And his word hadn't been revealed to him yet. See, you can get involved in all kinds of religious activity. I mean, you could darken the doors all the time at the church, be involved in everything. And be spiritually zero. Because religious activity isn't the same thing as a relationship with God. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not the same thing as a relationship with the Lord. It never has been. Think about it. Let's go go with me. Psalm 51. David's making that confession of his sins. And he makes this statement. He said, you don't desire sacrifice. But what do you desire? broken and contrite heart. God's not interested in your stuff you're doing. God's interested in the condition of your what? Your heart. One of the most deadliest things to a Christian life is legalism. What do you mean by that, George? Well, we're doing the right things, wearing the right stuff, carrying the right Bible, not going to those kind of places around town and and being careful of who I hang out with, and, and all and, and look, you can do all that stuff and still be nowhere spiritually. In fact, all that stuff does what? Covers up that you're nowhere spiritually. Because you're under this delusion that you're doing okay because you're doing all the right stuff. Isn't that what was the problem with the Pharisees that Jesus dealt with? Look good on the outside. What did Jesus say? They're nothing but whitewashed sepulchers. Looking good on the outside, but what? Filled with dead man's bones on the inside. There was an emptiness there. They didn't recognize it. So religious activity does not equal a personal relationship with God. And then one final thing that I want to show you here is this. Those who have an understanding are not sharing it. All right, where'd you get that from, George? Well, look at Eli. Okay. Hey, by the way, Eli's the high priest. Do you think he should know 
about, I mean, he's leading the nation in the worship of Yahweh, of God. Do you think he should know about the Lord? Do you think he should know that? Yeah. Do you think he should understand how to connect with the Lord? Yeah. Three times the boy's got to come to him and say, you called. Well, I didn't call. You go back. To, you called. Finally. Maybe it's the Lord. I'll be honest with you. Eli is a haunting thing to me. I, I constantly, I, I have this various places in my office and it's the question for me that says, are you Eli? Do you tell others about how to connect with Jesus, but do you connect with him yourself? Because remember, isn't it interesting, the very first part of this chapter, the word of the Lord was rare, so that's telling me Eli's not hearing from God. But he should have known, and those who know aren't sharing. It's like their own spiritual secret or something. I think it's because they're not applying it even to their own lives anymore. That's the vacuum we find ourselves in, folks. That's the vacuum. So I want you to notice now the whole issue of listening. So we're going to look at some verses here in verses 10 through 21. So look at me, first of all, verse 10. Now the Lord came and stood and called at other times, as at other times, Samuel. Samuel, the Samuel answered and answered, and Samuel answered, speak for your servant hears. Verse 11 and following is, is the pronouncement of judgment that, that the Lord is giving towards Eli. But I want you to notice, here's what it says. Verse 18, then Samuel told Eli him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord, let him do what seems good to him. Here's what I want you to notice, verse 19. So Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And from all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, and the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh. And now notice this next phrase, underline it. By the word of the Lord. I'm going to show you two things here about listening. And I hope you hear. Okay? Number one, there has to be a willingness to listen. All right. Don't, don't respond. I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to answer in your heart. You want God to speak to you? Think about that for a moment. Do you want to hear from God in your life? I mean, I'll, I'll just be honest with you. Do you? Because, I mean, if you're like me, one of the things I struggle with is the silence. Wondering, does God care? Is God, I mean, I believe in the Lord. I trust in the Lord. I've got faith in the Lord. But what, what is haunting me sometimes is, is the sense of, of a lack of silence. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, and part of the thing of me saying I don't want to be like Eli is where i got to rely on other people to bring me the word of the Lord. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? Where I've got to rely on others to bring me the word of the Lord. And so the question is, is do you want to hear from him? But it's going to take, first of all, a willingness on your part to want to hear from him. So you're going to spend that time with him so he can talk with you. So when he does draw you, and he does, when he whispers to you, spend time with me. You don't need to sit there and think, well, wait a minute, hold, hold on a second. Is, is, is that you, Lord? Uh, or is, I mean, is that the culture? No, first of all, the culture is telling you not to spend time with God, right? Uh, it, is it my flesh? No, my flesh is going to find something else for me to do. I'm going to say, well, you know, I don't got time for this right now. I've got to take care of this. I've got to do this. I've got to watch my show. Maybe after my show. But you know what? By the time my show's done, I'm going to go to bed and... Uh, so, yeah, no, it's not my flesh. So, it, and it definitely, would Satan want you to spend time with God? We already know the answer to that, right? So you got this sense of God speaking to you, and trust me, folks, I know he is. How do you know that? Because if you know him, he wants to spend time with you. It's not a one-sided relationship. You've got to be willing to say to him what Samuel says. Speak, Lord, for your servant listens. And you don't have to be that formal. You can say, I'm listening, Lord. What do you want to tell me? Speak to me. I'm listening. Show me something. Where is he going to show you? When you read his word. There's got to be a willingness to listen. Here's the second thing. Okay? Here's the second thing. The key is responding to God's word as he reveals it to you. If you want to know that God's going to speak to you, you've got to respond to that which he already shows you. I think we understand that just from human life. I mean, listen, if if Lori, if I go to Lori and we, we, we do converse and sometimes I share with Lori, you know, Lori, I'm wrestling with this. I don't know what to do here. And, and she does it. She'll say, George, this is what you need to do. She does it in her own way. I'm just saying it nicely. She she says, you know, this is what you need to do. Okay. All right. And, and, I, and, I, and, and here's what here's what will happen. I'll be like, okay, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. Uh, and I don't do anything she tells me. Now, look, we've been married almost 26 years now, okay? You think she knows me? Okay, my, my son's back there. Yeah, she knows you, okay? Yeah. You think she knows me? Okay. And, and so she's had all this time to observe me. And so she's telling me what, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. And I don't listen to her, but then guess what? Two weeks later, I'm coming back to her again, and I'm saying, you know, Lori, I'm facing this situation. What do I do, you know? You know, after 26 years, she's finally like, you know what, you never listen anyhow, forget it. <laughs> and you'd be like, yeah. Why would you tell him if he's not going to listen, right? Why would you? He's not listening. Why? I mean, I'll read my book. Watch my show. Y'all can relate to that, right? You want God to speak to you? Then do the thing he's telling you the first time he speaks to you. 
and then he'll tell you something else later. That's the point here. The reason why God kept showing up and telling Samuel something is because Samuel did what he told him to do the first time. He responded to the Lord the first time, and then guess what? He responded to the Lord the second time and the third time. Do you understand what I'm saying? To the point where a couple things are happening now. He knows when the Lord is speaking to him because he's responding. Number two, God says, I can tell him some more things. I can trust him with more. I can show him some more things. See, a lot of us, the reason why maybe God's not speaking to us is because he's already spoken to us once before and we're just flat out, what? Ignoring him. You've got to learn to listen. And you've got to be active in learning to listen. By what? Doing what he tells you. Now, I already know this. <laughs> just as I'm saying that, some of you are like, yeah, I already know what he told me. I haven't been doing it. Because the Spirit's already communicating to you again, saying, are you hearing him? You want me to interact in your life? Then you respond to what I already showed you. And you do it. Well, let me, let me give you a couple things as we close our time here, okay? Because, you know, I was thinking about this yesterday. We, uh, we had a family gathering down in Indiana County with Lori's family, and uh, they went down the night before because I had some things to do here at the church in, on Saturday morning. And uh, so as I was driving down from Kerwinsville down to uh, Indiana County over near Marion Center, I had some time alone in the truck thinking, listening to the music, and uh, a thought occurred to me about this message. And, and, and here's the thought I had. I was like, Lord, I know. Lord, you have to speak through me because I know that for the most part, most of us want to hear from you. I got to believe that in my heart. That if you know Jesus, you want to hear from the Lord in your life. You want to hear from him. And so I'm hoping that something today is grabbing a hold of you. Okay? So I'm going to give you two thoughts. All right? Here's the first one. Decide if you want something more from your relationship with Jesus Christ. The choice is yours. I mean, I, I can I be honest with you? I kind of don't think you like the way it's going. Because, I mean, you know what? They, I mean, pastors are talking right now about, oh, you know what? The young people are falling away and people aren't coming to church like they used to. And... And attendance is, I mean, in, in fact, folks, attend, every church is struggling with attendance. I know, because I, I'm friends with a lot of pastors. You, in a community for 18 years, you talk to a lot of pastors, and, and everybody's saying, boy, our attendance is really taking a hit. I, I'm going to tell you, one of the things I think is because people are empty, and church doesn't communicate to them anymore. Because something's missing. Because the same old, same old isn't working. What do you mean the same old, same old? Come to church, sing songs, pray, give, serve. Attend this function, attend that function. Go to Sunday school, go to Bible study. Same routine over and over and over again. And it's like, 
do you feel any closer to the Lord now? And then some folks just said, you know what? I got something else I could do on Sunday. And people that you used to know who went, quit coming. Well, folks, I'm telling you, it's more than a worship service. Isn't that what we say here at our church? It's more than a worship service. It's about a relationship with each other and with Jesus. But you've got to decide, you have to decide, if you want the Lord to speak to you, if you want something more than the emptiness in your life, you've got to decide, I've got to decide. I want something more. Here's the second thing. Spend time listening for God and obeying his revealed word to you. Two things. Spend time with him. Listening. And then obey what he shows you. Look, I'm going to tell you something. If you spend serious time reading God's word, if you spend serious time with him, and you're just not showing up to tell him your blues. I mean, we all got blues, Right? I mean, we could all spend a whole lot of time talking about the stuff we want him to do for us. But I mean, if you're serious about showing up, spending time with him, and you're listening for him, when he shows you something, and trust me, he will. At some point, he will show you something. The question then is, are you going to do it? Or are you going to keep making excuses? Because if you keep making excuses, he isn't going to show you something again. You know what I'm saying? Let's get let's get back to Lori and I. I mean, if every time we interact with each other, I mean, how much does Lori want to spend time hanging out talking with me if all she does knows is when I get together with her, all I'm doing is blah, 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 talking at her, and she can't get a word in edgewise. You think she's going to want to hang out talking with me? I almost guarantee you she won't. And the reverse is true, too. Do you know what I'm saying? If all she did was talk at me and I can't get a word in edgewise, I'm not going to want to spend time. Do you know what I mean? Think about the way that we are with God. God, I got this problem and this person at work and, and you know, that clerk at Walmart did this and you know, I got cheated out of this and my mama said this and the preacher said that. and you know, What did Jesus say? I know what you have need of even before you ask, he said in the sermon. Listen, when he speaks, do. But let's get back to that first point I made. I made. You have to decide that you want something more. And I pray that you will. Let me pray for you.